Well, it's long been said that in polite company, you shouldn't discuss politics, sex or religion. These are arenas where many people have strongly held opinions and where an offhand comment can escalate way too quickly into an enraged screaming match. So it shouldn't be a surprise that when the government's position on the rights of LGBT students at religious schools was queried recently, it didn't take long for things to get heated. Well, that's just one of the hot topics we're looking at today. This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Well, it's an absolute privilege to have in the studio today Roy Williams, author, political commentator, and now working at the University of Sydney. What are you doing there exactly, Roy? I'm lecturing and tutoring in a couple of legal subjects, mm-hmm. uh, evidence and uh, civil and criminal procedure, to right. be precise. So law is your professional background, right? That's right. So I practised for um, 20 years in Sydney, mm-hmm. one of the big commercial firms, and uh, then took some time out to recuperate and, and write some books. Uh, but I've gone back into the law, but as a teacher this mm-hmm. time, which is a very enjoyable and rewarding uh, change of pace. Now, thank you so much, Roy, for the article you wrote for us in Science of the Times this month, December, uh, focusing on the issue of the school chaplaincy program, which, of course, over recent years has been quite contested and quite a hot topic. And you summarise some of those arguments in your article, which is great. Thanks for that. Pleasure. So where, how far back sh- should we go in, in terms of, of understanding this debate and, and, and where it's come from and, and, and where it is now? I mean, it, it, has it been a long-standing thing to have uh, chaplains in, in schools? No, no. The, the program, as we now know it, was instituted in 2006, mm-hmm. the tail end of the, of the Howard government. And uh, it was controversial from the start. Mm-hmm. And the argument I make in the piece is that Really, both sides of this argument, both the radical secularists who don't want a bar of the program and constantly arguing for it to be scrapped, have got it wrong. But even the Christian apologists for the program tend to exaggerate its importance in the scheme of things, in the scheme of fighting the good fight. let, Let me make it absolutely clear up front. I think the National School Chaplaincy Program is terrific. Mm-hmm. I think the people involved, or those I know, do, do great work. But it's frankly not the main game when it comes to the culture wars about religion, if you oh, want to okay. put it that way. Yeah. All right. I mean, let me explain why. The chaplains, so-called, are not really chaplains at all in the conventional religious meaning of the term. And, and yeah, this yeah. point has been made in the High Court by Justice Hayden, in, in one of the challenges to the, to the program. Mm. The people who are employed, the wonderful men and women who do the job, are simply not allowed to, to proselytise. Mm, mm. That's, that's a condition of the job, that they provide pastoral care. Mm. Or, or even really to talk about religion that much, you, you point out in your article. That's right. They can only talk about matters spiritual, that's, that's the word used, mm if asked to do so Mm. by a student or a teacher or someone in the school community. And even then, conversation has to be conducted on the terms of the person the chaplain is speaking to. They've got to accept the worldview 
the religious worldview of the person they're trying to help. Right. Sure, if they're asked, they can say what their own belief is, but my understanding from the chaplains I've spoken to is they, they're simply not allowed to to argue you should believe this, as right, it were. Right, right. Um, it's, it's, it's not a place to, to have a religious discussion about why one tradition is perhaps superior to, to another or, or to convince or persuade or have a conversation along those lines. That would only happen on, I think, very rare occasions mm, where, mm. where you got a student who was a, an unusual person for a teenager who wanted a genuinely open, no-holds-barred discussion about about faith. So the, the, mm. I guess the point you're making is that when you think of a chaplain, you might think of a, a, a chaplain in a church school sort of setting where they, they are pretty much the, the campus pastor. Correct. Um, Correct. But, but a chaplain under the, you know, as you said, the 2006 initiated public school scheme is quite a different thing. Basically, they're a, they're a welfare worker, they're a, a counsellor. They don't even like the word counsellor like, being used because okay. they're really a first port of call mm-hmm. for a person with a problem. Mm. Now, counselling is actually a term of art. So, sure. so yeah. that it's, um, it's, it's a specialised thing, but uh, let, let, let's say welfare worker more, yeah, more broadly. Yeah, indeed, indeed. A friend, a friend really to a shoulder to cry on or someone to, to, to run a problem past and perhaps be referred on to, a, mm, to mm. someone with specialist expertise in a particular area. Now, all of the surveys show that in terms of fulfilling that role, the chaplains do a great job. Okay. Huge majorities of parents surveyed school principals surveyed, students surveyed, say that they greatly value the program and, and, and want to see it continued. If anything, the complaint of principals was that the chaplains can't do more mm, mm. <laughs> rather than less. But but nevertheless, you, you point out in your article also that a vast majority of these people who hold these chaplain roles, as hogtied as they are in trying to carry out the, the spiritual aspect of that role, still most of them are adherence to a, a particular religion, and, and that's mostly Christianity. In fact, I think it's a requirement that they have to be an adherent to a particular religion. That's that's absolutely right, Kent. And see, this is the quirk. That's the way the Howard government brought the program in. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't want to get too political about it, but the truth of the matter is that that requirement is really an anomaly because mm. the condition of hire doesn't match the job description. Yeah. And in fact, the ALP, when it was in government kept the program, mm. kept kept up the funding under Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard, but put in a, a change to mm. the effect that if a school wanted to, it could opt to hire a non-religious person as a mm-hmm. chaplain. Now, as it happened, five out of six schools kept hiring the religious chaplain. Oh, there you go. But the problem now is that the Abbott government put back in the requirement that all chaplains be religiously affiliated. Right, okay. Now, I say that's a problem, not in itself, Mm. but it does open up the program to legitimate legal attack, Mm. which would be a great shame. Well, I mean, you have a law background. What what would be the the legal basis to, to challenge that? The legal basis would be that the requirement that any chaplain be religiously affiliated Mm -hmm. is discriminatory under state and federal law because it's not a necessary it's not a necessary qualification to do the job mm. properly it's it's unrelated basically correct yeah. correct now we can argue the toss philosophically about whether it ought to be mm. i mean my personal view is that 
chaplains should have more freedom to discuss matters religious. But mm. the fact of the matter is that in the way the, pro- the program was set up, it looks like window dressing. And yes. I suspect was, to some extent, political mm. window dressing to have this requirement. And the problem is it plays into the hands of the radical secularists because they have one good argument. Mm. I, I go through in the paper, mm. most of their arguments are rubbish. Yep. And you can demolish them one by one. That argument is not. That argument is sound. And mm. sooner mm. or later, there will be a test case on it. And the program will be attacked for all the wrong reasons. They're mm-hmm. unnecessary. That's as much a political problem as anything else. And we might touch upon that yeah, later yeah. in the talk. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, right, right now it's looking, if, if we read the tea leaves correctly, it's looking pretty much like um, in May next year we'll have a, a federal election and we'll end up with a, a Labor government. I, I don't, is that a surprising thing to say? Is that too, too big a, a call to make? Well, um, no, I, I think I read yesterday the bookies have got Labor at, a dollar fourteen, so they're very, very short-priced favourites, and yep, yep. frankly, it's hard to see any other result. Yep. Now, put aside the politics, people have different views yeah, about that. Yeah. But from the point of view of the Australian religious community, mm. people of all faiths, for that matter, not just Christianity, in my opinion, the key to the future success and prosperity of programs like school chaplains, mm. and more widely questions of SRE and GRE, is to find some sort of way of connecting with the ALP mm. on these issues and coming to some kind of sensible arrangement mm. where both sides can respect the other's point of view. Mm. And it's not just a matter of us and them, because there are, there are people within the federal ALP who are Christians. Mm. Of course there are. Yes, there's a vocal element that's hostile to Christianity, though I think that's more in the Greens than in the ALP. Mm, mm. But as a political reality, that is what the churches have to do. There will be a Labor government from May 2019, and if it's a landslide result, it'll be there for six years Mm, at least. Wow. Mm. And you you let slip in in your article that your your unnamed sources uh, basically indicate that Labor is quite likely to maintain the funding for the chaplaincy program, um, possibly to tweak it back, uh, as you said it was earlier. That's right. Under Rudd and Gillard, but apart from that, to maintain the program as it is. That's right. And all sensible people can see that the program is popular and mm. helps the battlers and the underdogs. It's, mm. it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a program that any political party would be very ill-advised to remove. Yeah, and sure. the Labor Party's not stupid. So they've given these indications, mm. as I understand it, behind okay. the scenes. But it's worrying that they didn't feel they could do it publicly, as mm. though they're concerned about one aspect of their voting block, which is the aspect that, frankly hates the churches and, and, and everything they stand yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. That's a concern. But I don't think it's. I don't think that view is prevalent amongst the people that matter within the federal ALP. Mm. Okay, all yeah. right. Look, I, I guess if, if you want, you know, produce a, uh, a, a battle royale, you know, when it comes to the, you know, the public square and, and politics, mix uh, religion and our children, yes, and maybe throw a, a bit of sexual politics in, in in there as well, and it's basically a recipe for disaster. And that those are the sort of debates that we've been seeing happening over the last few years that have been very heated. 
the uh, chaplaincy issue is one. The teaching uh, r- scripture in schools is is another. And then we have the the more recent issue of you know questioning whether religious schools should have the right to you know employ teachers or or have students in their school who are I guess you know somehow comply with the the beliefs of of the church that that runs that school. I mean, it's a whole it's a perfect storm, isn't it? Yeah, really, it's a very potent. Mm. An ugly mix. Mm. Now, we saw it, this raise its head during the Wentworth by-election mm. for all the wrong reasons, largely the wrong reasons. I was just rereading in the last few days the announcement made by the Anglican principals of, of Sydney mm-hmm. a little while back. And in particular, the, if I may recommend it to your, to your listeners, the letter sent out by the principal of St Andrew's School. Mm-hmm. Which, which is where? In the city, right near... Uh, Town Hall. Okay, um, here in Sydney. Yeah. In Sydney, yes, mm. here in Sydney. Making some excellent points. Now, for a start, the issue that's got all the focus, namely the so-called right of religious schools to expel gay students or people who identify as gay, mm-hmm. is a complete non-issue in the sense that schools don't do it. Mm. Religious schools simply don't do it and, have, and haven't done it and it would be abhorrent to any right thinking person they don't want that right they've said they've said so publicly mm. but but they currently do have they currently have it they That's have correct. have those exemptions but do you yes. know for how long those exemptions have been in place in uh, the anti-discrimination well, acts sex discrimination act of 1984 mm-hmm. it was actually ironically strengthened by labor that is the religious exemptions were strrengthened oh, by go. labor and, that, and that's a federal law is it yes yeah okay. there are also uh, overlapping state and territory laws in mm, the mix. Mm. It's a complicated situation. Yeah. And that's why I was so pleased that overnight, as we speak, mm. the whole debate was it was being argued in the Senate and it's been pushed into committee. Mm-hmm. And I think that's appropriate. Mm. Now, it's not what the Labor Party wanted to do. They wanted to push through their amendment just to tackle this gay student issue, mm-hmm. which, which everyone agrees about. Mm. But the focus is too narrow. This this has to be a holistic approach. Mm. The Ruddock review and why on earth that hasn't been properly tabled to the general public by now. And well, that's right. That's where this all started, didn't it? Because exactly. after the, the same-sex marriage plebiscite, I guess, as a, a sort of a, a sop to the the religious concerns out there, say, hey, we do care about religious freedom. We, we can, we're hearing your concerns. Let's actually have a, a formal parliamentary committee, you know, to, to look at this issue. Great idea. That, that they, yeah. ha- they have been looking at it. Yeah. Um, They've reported months and months ago. Oh, really? Yes. Back to the parliament, but haven't released the report. Not, not properly, no. There's been leaks, there's been selective mm. leaking and all sorts of propaganda But yeah. from both sides. But what needs to happen here is for the... And it has... To, look, as a matter of practical political reality, mm-hmm. it has to be done slowly and methodically so that we actually get it right this time. Mm. We can't mm. just take... This is the, the argument that the Anglican principles made. Mm-hmm. The current situation is clumsy, to use their word, yeah. in the extreme, because religious freedom is not protected. It, it's, well, it's not protected directly and expressly, mm, mm. as it ought to be. It Rather, it's done sort of sneakily by way of exemptions to existing 
mm. anti-discrimination laws. Yeah, well, Australia d- doesn't have a, a Bill of Rights. I mean, we, we do have built into our constitution a, a sort of a, an echo of, you know, the American First Amendment, don't we, that basically says, you know, we shouldn't be passing laws that uphold a certain religion or forbid a certain religion. But yep. ap- apart from that general principle in our constitution, yeah, there is no official right to, I mean, there's no right to free speech, there's no right to freedom of association or anything. We don't have a Bill of Rights, but it's reflected in in exemptions, you say. It's reflected in exemptions, some of which, as the church schools point out, they don't even want. They're happy to remove. The key issue is not students. The key issue is the ability, Mm -hmm. the right Mm. of religious schools to hire and fire teachers not on the basis of their sexuality, mm. but on the basis that they will uphold the Christian or Muslim or whatever mm. Buddhist principles of the school. And that is a key right. Mm. That is what has to be sorted out. Mm. It's a much broader issue, though, isn't much it? Much broader. It, isn't much it? broader issue. I mean, I, I remember during, mm. the, during the same sex, you know, in the lead up to the same sex marriage plebiscite, mm. there was a particular retail outlet, I can't remember if it was a a bakery or a, or what whatever it was, where one of the employees um, put up on her private Facebook page um, that she was encouraging people to vote no, or that she was going mm. to vote no. Her employer found out about that and was outraged, upset, said that doesn't reflect you know my values or the values of of my business, and sacked her. Mm. And, I remember and, that. I remember that. Yeah. Indeed. I mean, that yeah. that starts to get tricky and you think, oh, wow, you know, should you have the right to, to do that? Where These are very tricky issues because yeah. your example, see, it cuts both ways. It does. For everyone who wants religious freedom, mm. uh, there'll be people with diametrically opposite views mm-hmm. who want to utilise their freedom mm-hmm. to hire and fire. Mm. So everyone just needs to take a bit of a chill pill here mm-hmm. and this process has to has to be done very carefully because these, these are fundamental human rights. Mm, mm. It's a real balancing act, isn't it? It really is. Be, because As I'm, all human rights are. Yeah. yeah, well, that's right. And that's something that's not often appreciated. There no. is a clash of rights. There's a place where they intersect and overlap and you, you something's got to give. So on, on one hand, you have the idea that, look, surely an organisation should be able to run their operation according to their values. And yes. I think most people agree with that. I mean, if, if I was a, a neo-Nazi and I turned up to the my local Greens office, you know, who was looking for a um, an administrative assistant and I far exceeded the qualifications, I was the best applicant by far, hmm. surely the, you know, the Green, that Greens branch office should have the right to say, you know what, you've got all the qualifications, but I just don't think you're right for our organisation. I, I don't think your, your beliefs and, and your commitments are really uh, aligned with, with where we're at. And I don't think anyone would have a problem with that. But, but no some, sensible person would. No, well, that's I right. agree with you. But, but yeah. somehow when, when it comes to, you know, hi, I'm a, I'm a, a, a Wiccan pagan and I'd like to, you know, be a teacher in in your evangelical school, suddenly that becomes an issue. I, well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it that's a pretty stark example, but yeah, it's well, not I'm, invalid. I'm, it's I'm, not invalid. I'm using I mean, extreme that, examples to make the to point. Make, yeah, and, and and you're right to do so. Mm. And the, this point has been made in the debate in the in the last few months, and in well, indeed, for years. But that is what that is what's at stake. Mm. I just hope that, and I, can I say, I really commend. Didn't know much about them until 24 hours ago, but the yeah. the two so-called centre alliance senators were the ones who 
tip the balance on this. Oh, they, these is the, the old Nick Xenophon I think that's party right. Yeah. 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 They they were the ones who cast the vital vote to defer it. Oh, in, in the Senate. Yeah. Put, yeah to, mm. to, to defer the discussion so that it can be done in a in a proper fashion. To, they to, they to weren't take, happy take with take a chill pill, as you say. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's a most important discussion. Mm. And let, let's hope that people on all sides can... Mm, sort mm. of begin to recognise the view of yeah. the other. There's a, there seems to be a, a basic disagreement on you know what the role of a teacher or a staff member in, in a school is. Is it simply to teach geography? Or is it, uh, and that is the view of, of one, I guess, side of the debate, that, look, you're here to te- teach geography. There's the curriculum. Are you a good teacher? Do you have, you know, good, you know, pedagogy techniques yes. or, or whatever, you know, teachers do? Then the other side of the debate is saying, you know what, a teacher is uh, is actually a role model. Mm. And they role model the broader values of the school. And I, I remember a previous boss of, of mine here at, at Adventist Media noted that over the hospital across the road from here used to have a, a gardener who you wouldn't think was a, a very important person. But the way he interacted with different people who came onto that campus like, oh. was, was legendary. And, oh, and, and, and now they've actually named a, a building after him I mean, in, in, oh. in, in, in his honour. This is, that was John Calvin's number one point, mm. or one of them. <laughs> yeah. Anyone, mm. whatever their position, however humble it may be, if they're doing it for the glory of God, can make a massive mm. difference. Mm. Whether you're the gardener, the... Toilet cleaner, to use uh, Tim Keller's example, you can either do a great job or you can do an ordinary or a terrible job. It's up to you. I mean, just coming back to the teachers, look, in the real world, your ability to teach geography competently mm. is basically what schools, including religious schools, are looking for. Yeah. It's the stars who, who give the bit extra. What the religious schools, though, are worried about is someone, they're not particularly worried about, they all employ plenty of people who are unbelievers, or mm. n- not all schools, but or, or, or some. Or from a, a different faith some tradition. Some schools, or, or from a different faith. Mm. But they are, they would be concerned, and rightly, about people who sort of openly flouted the, or, you know, openly, mm. expressly contradicted, either in word or deed, mm. the, the ethos of the school. Mm-hmm. And as you said earlier, Kent, you know, that's the same with any organisation, mm. but in schools it's it's particularly important mm. because the independent schools point out, Protestant, Catholic, all, all faiths, the number one reason many parents send their children mm. to these schools and they're prepared to pay the fees, which in some cases they're outrageous, yeah. is because of that very thing. Mm. The, 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 the ethos in which their children will be educated. Mm. It, it, it has to be said, Roy, though, on the mm. other hand, however, and I know this is something you, you've looked at in, in the past, th- there was a time when all church schools and you know, Catholic parochial schools had to be completely self-funded. And Correct. That, and and that yes. there was a, a big argument about, you know, should the government support these at this, was it the state aid? State aid debate. The state aid debate. For a century, yep, from yep. the 1860s to the 1960s. It was a big, <laughs> big deal. And now we accept it as a fait accompli that church schools, you know, private schools will accept some form of government funding. And often yes. it's more federal r- rather than state. But, but, but nevertheless, they get government funding. That's right. So Which, sh- by the way, can I just, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. discussing with a young woman at my church on on Sunday, you know, mm. about 20 years of age, early 20s. She was astounded when I told her, you do, you do realise that Protestant schools argued against funding for their own schools for 100 mm-hmm. years. 
Why, why did they do that? Because they didn't want Catholic schools to get funding. Oh, okay. It was but, as simple as that. They yeah, thought but, it was more important to keep money away from Catholic schools than for their own schools to be supported. <laughs> I, I think that's called dog in the manger, isn't it? <laughs> and now, of course, all those sectarian divisions are thankfully yeah. almost a Fading, yeah. complete thing of the past. And one is happy enough just to find a Christian of, of any denomination, let alone yeah, uh, yeah. Being, being so parochial about yeah. it. So yeah. I, I guess at the time, yeah, Catholic, Catholic schools were sort of code for poor Irish and perhaps the, the, the fees w- would have to be lower in order for oh, yes. Catholic families that's always, to, to, to send their kids. That's always yeah. been the case. Although it's also worth pointing out that Protestant school fees mm. are much more moderate. Mm. And t- even at the elite sort of GPS type level, to use a Sydney example, than they are now. I okay. mean, re- I think it's, uh, yet another scandal is, is, is the way that the elite Protestant schools in particular have just become out of reach of mm. almost everyone in the, yeah. in the community. So I think that those low-fee independent schools were terrific mm. innovation. The, the, I guess the, the point I was trying to make with bringing out that school funding is that surely once the government is giving schools funding, surely that that money can't be with no strings attached. Surely it has to come with, with strings attached. And in some ways, it mm. seems to me a, a little bit disingenuous to say, on the one hand, yep, keep the funding coming and why is it so low? We want more of your government funding. And on the other hand, say, stay out of our business. Let us run our school uh, uh, according to our well, values. I mean, put your finger on s- the other reason. Give. Yeah. The other reason Protestant schools didn't, the, the really principled Protestants in the 19th century didn't want government funding is because mm. it would come with strings attached. Mm. And that, that and, and it does. I mean, in terms it, of national curriculum, in terms does. of accreditation, in terms of a lot of things, we shouldn't be surprised in in some ways. Of course, I mean, and and constitutionally, we know the federal government can make so-called tied grants to the states. You can only spend this money for the for the for these purposes, or direct funding. Either way, they can they can impose conditions, and it's taxpayers' money. They're elected to represent. The taxpayer, so that, mm, that mm. that's 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 the other reason why state aid was such a such a, uh, a, a hot topic. A hot yeah. topic, yeah, indeed, yeah. no accident. I, I f- think it's fascinating, Kent. I've made a bit of a study of those religion in schools debates from the nineteenth century, and yeah. the, the arguments are just exactly the same now. Oh, really? Yes, there all the same arguments are being are being trotted out, except. The one difference is this, with very, very few exceptions, a hundred plus years ago, no one argued mm. that religion was a bad thing in and of itself. Mm. The real problem was every that so many people took religion so seriously that they had very, very strong views mm. about which religion or which denomination right. of the Christian church. Right. There wasn't nearly to the extent there is now just of a plague on all your houses sort of <laughs> sort, 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 sort of argument, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Uh, which is the other element, Okay, the other element in it today. All right. Now, yeah. look, just, just before we finish, because yep. we are pretty much out of time, sure. we wanted to look at um, special religious education because yep. this, this is a sort of a related issue. Um, so we have public schools, state schools, where we have class time during the day set aside for you know, volunteers or you know, low-paid people to come in from the community to teach kids about usually Christianity, but sometimes other other religions as well. Now, 
this is obviously another, you know, bring our kids and religion, you know, together mm. and you get a, a, a fairly hot debate. So where, where's this headed, do you think? Well, this is another political football. Mm. Uh, I mean, the Victorian government a few years back scrapped SRE or whatever the term was in Victoria. Yeah, it's called Dur- SRE, SRI, yes. RE, all, all sorts of things. During school states. hours, yeah. that is. There have been pushes in that direction in New South Wales. There's a vigorous debate in Queensland, I understand. Mm. And just the other day, the New South Wales Secondary Schools Principals Association came out with a announcement that they advocated the scrapping of SRE in high schools. Wow, scrapping. South- so not, not just moving it out of school no. hours, not just making it opt-out opt or opt-in or no. whatever. But- scrapping. They, they, wow. they, in their words, it's a, it's a waste of time. It's an inconvenience. Hmm. And uh, there's more important things to learn about. Goodness gracious. Uh, is, is this along the same lines as those sort of arguments about, you know, should we teach other languages? Should we teach music? You know, there's one side I was saying, oh, it's good for the brain. It's good for broad education and awareness. And, and other people are saying, no, we need to focus on, you know, literacy and STEM and yep. you know, and this sort of stuff. I think so. It, uh, they're also advocating the scrapping of language teaching oh, in there secondary you go. schools. So it's very much a... It's very much a vocational sort of approach to mm-hmm. education. Mm. You know, it's all about equipping people for the next stage, whether it, you know, getting into your preferred course and getting into your preferred job and making money. Mm-hmm. You know, a narrow view of education, yeah. which personally I find mm. dispiriting. Do you, do you think? I mean, honestly, like like stepping back. I mean, you're you're a lawyer. You um you know understand the the legalities and the how the law needs to be you know disinterested and apply the same principles across the board. Do you think it's really the right thing to do for one particular religion to be able to, I guess, teach their religion during class time in a government school, or or is that privileging one religion above others in in a way that's actually unfair? Uh, no. Well, SRE, as I understand it, in theory at least, would allow uh, followers of any religion, you know, any mm. of the main religions, to, to go in. I mean, we, it just happens to be the case that in Australia, for historical reasons, yeah. we are a majority, vast majority even today, Christian country. Mm-hmm. At, um, at least nominally. At least nominally. That's, mm. that's an important qualification. And it's voluntary. Mm-hmm. Well, Parents, it's pe- it's semi-voluntary because in, in a lot of places you actually have to, if you don't want your kids to go, you actually have to write the form in. That's true. Uh, uh, to the school. So it's the default position is that you your kids will end up going to religious education if, if you don't care enough to, well, <laughs> to opt out. That's true. That's true. But you can opt out. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, in any event, I'd make this broader point that the, the people who argue that exposing young minds to sort of any religious idea whatsoever is is dangerous and immoral. Mm. Tantamount uh, to child abuse. Indeed. Mm. Indeed. I, mean, I just find it so sad. Mm. I went to state schools exclusively myself, and mm. my biggest regret is that I was not exposed enough oh. to to religious instruction. Mm. I'm not even talking here about proselytizing. I'm just talking about the other line in this debate, which is GRE, G- general religious, mm. just which having is a, knowing, learning about all the religions correct. of the world, all the different approaches, which is quite a different thing. Yeah. Quite a different thing. Yeah. And, I and, I, and I'd agree with you. I think that's important. How can you I learn? I actually think it's more important yeah, even yeah. than SRE myself. Mm. I think the, this, the, the, the compulsory curriculum is the most important thing of all. Mm. Now this would be a Herculean task yeah, because we're heading in the exact opposite direction. Yeah, to get more religion rather than less mm. onto the compulsory curriculum. And it's mm. hard enough to just keep the 
the one period a week SRE class. But yep. my argument, I've made this in books, is that to give all Australian children a fair go, mm. to, to make up their own minds on an informed basis mm. once, once they're young adults. And, and you say this in your article, article yeah. too, a, a similar Indeed, thing. Yeah. They, they have to be taught the basics mm. of religious faith. And it's, it's, it's not an informed choice unless you're informed. Correct. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's in truth, the system is slipping further and further towards a choice, but it's, it's, it's a choice by default mm. of, of irreligion. Mm. And I just think that's terribly sad because surely everyone can agree, mm. wherever you are on the spectrum, that the truth or or otherwise of the existence of God and the ways or way to God mm. is the most important question of all. Mm. So the idea that that should be off limits to inquiring minds is is just, to me, repellent. Mm. Mm. And I believe that with good faith, goodwill on all sides, and that's a huge if in yeah. this day and age, yeah. a curriculum could be put together where fair-minded teachers could impart the basics to mm. children. And I'm speaking here of both primary and secondary school. Mm. Obviously, tailor the yeah, content yeah. accordingly. Age appropriate. Yeah. Exactly. So that children, state school or independent school, it's easier in independent schools because mm. schools have more flexibility, at least get the basic building blocks of information so they know the right questions to ask when, mm. the, when, when they get more mature. That's right, yeah. yeah. That, that, that to me is the, wow. the crux of it. Well, there you go. Well, look, speaking of, of inquiring minds, I, I really hope we've, we've had some inquiring lo- uh, minds listening uh, to us today because you've certainly given us a, a lot of food for thought, uh, Roy Williams. Uh, thanks you know, so much for being with Signs of the Times Radio this week. My pleasure, Kent. Always a pleasure. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. This is an Adventist Media podcast.